Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Locker Room Talk Uncut. I am Drew Garrison in the locker room with Chad Penrod. Today, we're going to discuss the upcoming UFC 249 event this Saturday. Uh, tonight's NFL schedule release, what we're hearing, what we're thinking. We're going to touch on Andy Dalton's fit in his new home in Dallas, um, the possibility of the NBA season resuming, and uh, some interesting takes from Jim Harbaugh in regards to college football eligibility. Uh, so that's what we got on tap for you. Good show plan. Chad, you ready to get this thing going? I'm ready to go. So uh, let's let's go into maybe the biggest transaction in the NFL over the last week. Um, former Bengals quarterback Andy Dalton agreeing to a one-year contract with the Dallas Cowboys worth up to $7 million, uh, $3 million base salary. It didn't take long. I don't know all the incentives, but one incentive to get him to $7 million is them winning the Super Bowl. So, um, But what do you think of Andy's fit in Dallas? Um, I like the fit, um, but I don't like how I'm seeing everyone now talk about how Andy Dalton's going to be the Dallas Cowboys savior. I don't understand. Everybody hated Andy Dalton until he got cut. <laughs> I've never seen so much Andy Dalton love. I, I don't understand it. It's, um, I think it's people wanting to, I think people realize like it wasn't all on Andy but it just wasn't there for Andy as far as, as we said on the last episode and we always talk, he has to have perfect protection, he has to have weapons, um, and he has to have a run game, and he has all that in Dallas. I don't know about perfect protection. They did lose Travis Frederick. That that O-line's getting a little older, but he's going to a better right. offensive line than he had a last really year. A really good offensive line. Um, like you said, they did they did lose uh, Fredericks, but they're still, you know um, – Four out of the five spots on that line is is solid. Oh I yeah, mean, damn near all, all all Pro Bowlers, and it's better than obviously what he's had the last few years in Cincy. Right. Um. I mean, my take on it is this, man. I've I always said Andy Dalton, you know, wasn't the guy, and I'm not going to turn away from that. Um. You know, especially in Cincinnati. You know, I always said he's probably somewhere between 16th to 20th best quarterback. You know, he wasn't the elite one. He was to me. If you don't have one of those top you know, 12, 15 quarterbacks, you you should look for another one. Because I'm one of the people that's always said you need a quarterback to win in the NFL. Now, I know there are exceptions. You know, people always want to bring up the Trent Dilfers and, you, you know, and, and, the, uh, uh, and the Joe Flacco's of the world. Flacco got hot. He got Dilfer hot. had maybe the best defense ever. So right. I mean, not every team with a mediocre quarterback is going to have a defense that's going to dominate in historic fashion. And, and the Bengals, the entire time there with – in Cincinnati, the Bengals didn't have a dominant defense. So, to me, they never really had the guy. You know, obviously you don't cut him after two, three years. You know, you see what he has. They did hang on to him a little longer than I would have, but that's because I'm a Browns fan and we go through quarterbacks like underwear, <laughs> you know. So, but my take as far as I'm going to Dallas, like I said, great fit. Um, you know, they just drafted C.D. Lamb. Um, you know, they got Amari Cooper there. They got Zeke there, and they got the good. They got a good offensive line and a, and a good upcoming defense. Um, but when you compare them, you know, we can't forget about Dak, who just got franchise tagged for like twenty million. Um, and he wants like forty. Yeah, and he wants forty. And this is where. This is my take on that situation. 
I would take Dak over Andy, and it's not by much, but the reason why I would take Dak is because Dak can make plays with his feet. Now, Andy can too. Dak is just more – Far more athletic. Yeah, he's far more athletic. When you when it comes to throwing the ball, I mean, I would say Andy's a little bit better, but not enough – you know, not not enough to where I think it overcomes what Dak can do on his feet. So I think Dak is the better quarterback there. Um, but here's where I'm going to do some, you know, reverse the, the reverse what I'm saying here. So no way in hell am I giving Dak forty million dollars when I can give Andy Dalton three million. Yeah, or, or seven at the absolute most right. if you win a Super right. Bowl. Right. Yeah, and that's if you win a Super Bowl. So we'll even at the high end, say we'll, we'll say five million to Dex forty million. Yeah, let's call it that. There's not a thirty-five million dollar <laughs> difference in those two quarterbacks. That's my take exactly. If I'm Jerry Jones now, I'm um, I would be willing pull the tag. Yeah, I would pull the tag and let Dak walk just because I don't think Dak's that great neither. Like I said, I think he's a better than Dalton, but. I don't think Dak and Dalton – I don't think Dak's going to go win you, say, 11 games and Dalton's only going to win you seven. No. I, I don't see that. Now, I might see, like, maybe a game where he can make a few plays, a game or two. So, I might see, like, nine wins to seven wins. You know, some, you know something small like that. But is it, it wouldn't be enough for me to say, hey, I like you that much more, Dak Prescott, over Andy Dalton, that I'm going to give you $35 million more million than I would Andy Dalton. That's that's my exact take on it. I was thinking about that. Okay, he went there, good line, good weapons, top three to five running back in Zeke. I mean, I guess you know, there's a few guys you could put up there, but uh, like you said, the defense up and coming. I, I don't – if I'm Jerry, I'm just going to be like, hey, man, thanks, Dak. You want too much money? I, I got Dalton, but the caveat to that is Dalton did only sign a one-year deal. So how how long are Dalton they clearly wants to be there? Yeah, I, I think. I mean, he went to school at TCU. Yeah, he's got a house like right outside yeah, of Dallas. And, and you know, I think it he's was, from Katy. I mean, I don't know if this was a thing where there was so much. I don't want to say friction with the Bengals because they say they wanted to help him, even though I say they end up fucking him in the loss in the long run. But maybe he wants to be there. Maybe he's from Texas. Maybe it's been too much this offseason with, you know, am I being traded? Am I getting released? I, you know, he missed being traded, you know, in the middle of last year at the deadline. He missed the offseason, and then he gets released when everyone has quarterbacks. So maybe Andy's just like, you know what, for one year, this is the best place for me. I don't have to get my wife, and I don't have to move. And Yeah, you know, they live there in the offseason. Right, right. So maybe this is just the, the easy easy thing for him for this one year. Or maybe he's a, a Cowboys fan, and this is his dream job. I, I don't know. I, um, I guess that could be. I yeah, think I, mean, I mean, he did, you know, he – I don't know if he's from Texas. Like I said, I know he went. Yeah, he's from Katy, oh, Texas. Okay. I don't know how close that so is. I'd to imagine Dallas, he's but. probably a fucking Dallas fan too. So, um, yeah, I mean, so th- that's where I'm at. I would say, you know, if it, it becomes a long term thing, I, I mean, if you can get go and get Andy for what the Bengals were giving him, say fifteen, sixteen, seventeen million dollars, and not give Dak twenty, even or, then. Or forty. I, I just. Yeah, even then, I'm taking Dalton over him just because I don't feel like Dak's, Dak's that great of a quarterback. Yeah, put him at 17 million. It's still not a, a difference of All right, 23 million. And then, and then you have then you can go get free agents and and really build around the team and not have to worry about the quarterback wanting paid so much. And there, there's just differences there. Mahomes is going to be up for a new deal. Give him a blank check. 
put in. I mean, oh yeah, you yeah. know, you I mean, got to. Mahomes but, is the best quarterback in but, the league. It's kind of like, and and even though it's a different position, and we, it just happens to be that we talk about this the, mo- the most with me, you know, me, you, and Austin. It's like when Miles my- Garrett's do a contract and he's going to probably be the first pass rusher to get $25 million, but you can't let Miles Garrett go. Yeah, you're, you're stuck. You, yeah, you, you have, have to pay Miles Garrett. You have a player like that. Right. But like, like, like a Mah- Right, Dak's not that Mahomes when his contract up. Russell Dude, Wilson. I would fucking run him the check. Russell Wilson, you know, in other positions, Miles Garrett, uh, you know, Aaron Hopkins, Donald. yeah, Aaron Donald, whatever. You get, you run them the check. You don't run Dak Prescott a forty million dollar check and make Dak Prescott the highest paid quarterback ever. No, I, I, I just can't see it. And the thing with Dalton is, he was on ESPN today. I was actually watching it. He, he said he's like, you know, Dak's a starter of this team. I understand that. I'm here to do whatever I can to help this team win. If he were to go down or whatever, but I think part of I think, and this is just my own speculation, I think this was Jerry saying, look, I've got a capable nine-year starter, not an elite guy, won 70 games in his career, though. You know, he's got a winning record as a starter. The the chips are on the table. Okay, I pulled the tag from Dak. Who's going to give him franchise tag money? I just don't see it, especially now. You said everybody else has quarterbacks. So I think the ball's in Jerry's court. Dalton could excel there. Um, you know, he's not the next Troy Aikman or anything like that. I was ready to, for the Bengals to move on from him. It's almost like a coach. It's just been too long. It's time. But good situation. I think it's a better situation than, than a Dow or a, a Jacksonville that we were talking about. Yeah, be, like, yeah. you know, you could, he could end up to Jacksonville. And yeah, he could end up beating out, you know, Gardner Minshew. But who's to say that they have a bad season and he never starts in the NFL ever again? Yeah. You know, or he goes to New England where there's no weapons there. I mean – like, like we said in the last episode, they're over there getting excited about Marquise Lee as their receiver. Yikes. You know, so, you know, and then not only that, I think as much as we don't think Belichick can lose, you have to think both those teams are going to be in the running for a Trevor Lawrence who then Andy's in the same position as if right. he goes to Dallas. I mean, Dallas at worst, right, just looking at him, would probably, you know, at least 8-8. Eight and eight, You know, just, just looking you If know, they right start now. Dalton. Right, right. If, if, even if they start Dalton. So, you're, you know, it takes them out of one of those top quarterbacks. Um, but yeah, kind of back to what we were saying at the beginning, though. I just don't, I don't see where all the Dalton love is coming from now. Um, you know, and from an outsider looking in at the Bengals, uh, you know, you know, there are a lot of people that always said, "Well, Dalton's not the problem," and I agree with you. But Dalton was never going to be the quarterback to win you a Super Bowl. He was always and, part of the problem. Yes, exactly. But he was never was okay. He was a problem until you turn the lights on or you possibly get into a playoff game and he wets the bed. Um, because I have seen a lot of bad Dalton games. We've been to it plenty. Man, and I've and another thing about him that I that I hate that that really started to drive me nuts the last couple of years. I saw him throw so many balls away on third down. Like, oh my god! Like, fuck it, dude. Risk a pick. It's third down. You're gonna punt the ball anyway, right? Yeah. Fucking take a shot, but. I mean, he he's in a good spot, and it you know just in closing what? on that, I think I, Jerry, you could get damn near the same result and save right. yourself a whole lot of money. Yeah, and, and build around everything. You know, go get a center. Go right. get you know get the replace Byron Jones. You know, go get a tight end. You know, because you lost just yeah, you just lost Jayton, Jason Witten. Your offense is set. You got C D Lamb locked in for five years. You got Amari Cooper locked in for five years. Zeke just signed a deal. He's locked yeah. in. Most of your lines there. Replace your center, and then save that money from him and. Go ahead and you know put more money onto that defense. You know, you know a team that, or you know a player that has just always made so much sense 
um, and he's still a free agent who I think would just fit now, even with Dalton there or Dak. Um, with them losing Jason Wintman, Delaney Walker is still out there, and it just that that just makes a lot of sen- uh, sense to me. Um, but being said, you know, having Dot, having Dak and Andy on the same team is that the best quarterback backup quarterback duo in there in the NFL? I think. My, and 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 anybody that has heard me talk over the last few years know I wasn't a huge fan of the guy. I think he's probably the best backup in the league right now. I mean, you said he's in the top fifteen or sixteen. To so let me ask you this, and it, because this really hadn't, and you weren't prepared for this question, so I'm catching you off guard with it. So, um, and it just made me think. You know, quarterback one, quarterback two. Would you take Dak and Andy over Baker and Case Keenum? Oh. I wouldn't. I, I like the Baker Case Keenum tandem. I don't. Dak is definitely not better than Baker. I know Baker had a bad year last year, but the shit we've heard I'm about Freddie so, Kitchens, I'm not man. So, I'm not so sure Andy's that. I'm, I would. I would say Andy's a little bit better than Keenum, but I wouldn't say he's. Keenum was just in an NFC Championship. Yeah, game. yeah. I mean, if I'm even Two saying years he's better, I think Baker, Baker, and. Uh, and Case are, are a better one. So pretty much, obviously, Baker's the starter, Dak's the starter. If one of those get down, I, I think that those are the two teams where you're like, man, those they have some, you know, they have a good one-two quarterback if something were to happen to, you know, the starter. I saw some really bad stuff happen with Keenum when he went to like Washington. Was he in yeah, but Denver, fucking for, Denver Washington. for a minute? Yeah, he he went to Denver, but. I, I didn't even yeah you didn't prepare me for that at all and thinking about it he went to that NFC championship with Kevin Stefanski yeah so he's going to understand that system I think Case Keenum's the kind of guy that will help Baker learn that yeah system. well you know it's a lot of here here running back go get the yards and when we have to throw we're going to make our make our throws yeah. and I think that Keenum's probably the kind of guy that'll help Baker along so I I kind of forgot about that man you called that Keenum signing like way before free yeah, agency yeah. um so. When we're looking at starter and backup quality, I would probably I, – I, it's weird. Putting them together, I think you're right. The Browns are probably a little better. But I still think that Dalton himself may be the best backup yeah. in the league now because he's, you know, he's got mid-tier starting quality caliber. caliber. Right. So, um, but, but system knowledge and Dalton didn't look all that willing to really pitch in and help Ryan Finley last year either. Now right. maybe that's just because yeah. he was kind of salty with you how it was You know, Keenum's going to help teach but, Baker. Yeah, so so I think they're pretty close, but I'd probably give the edge to the Browns just because Keenum knows that system, and I think that will help him teach Baker. I, and, and I don't know, and I'm just throwing out those two teams. I don't know of any other team that has, I guess that that talent at quarterback like those. Two yeah, teams have. I don't I mean, really think that I do. You know, I, I know Tyrod and now Herbert, but we don't even don't know. Know about Herbert. Herbert? Maybe I mean Philip Rivers and maybe Jacoby Brissett. Brissett's yeah. a solid backup. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. A, that that's a nice one too. And, and when they I, went with I, Brissett, I always wonder where River. I wonder where Rivers is, man, just because he threw a lot of interceptions last year and he's on the lower end of of uh, you know his of his playing career. You know, it's you know I I wonder and you know not to change the subject here too much, but like I, did you see the the tweets coming out about Big Ben and not like saying he does not work out in the off season like his like he has no fitness like I feel like that's a story yeah. every year yeah and, it, and you know but when that came out you know it made me wonder dude every time Big Ben's big ass gets on the ground it's hard for him to get back up dude <laughs> like you know like down. yeah I mean if he gets hit a couple good times in a game that dude's gonna feel it yeah I think he he throws in the off season and and, and 
I think he's got a pretty basic off-season fitness I think he, plan. They said he drinks a lot of beer, <laughs> which I can see. Oh, I can totally <laughs> see that. Yeah, but, you know, and, and on the subject of Ben, I, I want every year to be the year that, you know, he shits the bed and it all catches up to him. But he, I don't know, he got hurt last year. So you're like, okay, is this the end? But, man, if I, I don't know, man. It's weird because if he gets super into fitness and he loses some of that weight and that bulk, does that hurt his game? You know, is he one of those guys that maybe plays better a little on the heavier side? Uh, I think you would want him to be able to move around a little bit more and be able to take these hits a little bit better than he has in, in, in the years past because you could just see, man, when – like I said, when he gets hit, you know, you can tell that he feels it. I mean, that's a lot of weight, you know, going on him, whether it's a lineman, a linebacker, whatever. And then with his weight coming down, you could tell it looks like it hurts. I could see him, though, like, ah, I don't give a shit. I'm going to drink some bush lights and fucking hang out. But And I, I look at him a lot like we talked about Rodgers. I don't think he's a good leader at all. I think he bitches and moans too much and calls his teammates out too much. So, um, you know, that doesn't really have anything to do with what we're saying. I just felt like taking a shot at him. But um, <laughs> fuck him. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I saw the reports too, and I feel like every year they say he comes into camp and he looks a little heavy, and then, you know, and a couple times he's put together great seasons afterwards. So I guess that, that remains to be seen. Um, another uh, NFL note that um, I'm just going to throw in here too, I saw that the um, instant replay for pass interference has been ruled out. It's gone. I, I'm glad. So what I think they should have done is, you know, everyone makes mistakes, you know, whether it's an official or a player, you know, a bad play, whatever. Um, You know, I just felt like it took up too much time last year. But I think there should be exceptions when it comes to these big games, you know, like the the Saints pass interference that caused all this to come. That should be taken into consideration because you can't miss a call like that in that moment. Yeah, maybe like in the last two minutes of the half you can do it or or something of the sort. I was excited when the rule first got put in because I felt like, okay, that, you know, is something that needs to be taken care of and addressed because of how it happened in that Saints game, uh, the Saints-Rams game and stuff. But then once it actually happened, it was kind of like it slowed the flow of games down. And I also felt like most of the time when the coach throws the flag, the officials didn't want to admit fault. So right. they just yeah. – they. I feel like they hardly ever got overturned anyway. They take a long time. They slow down the momentum of a game. Um, I do not know if that takes away booth review or not. I didn't hear or read anything about that. It very well may be a situation where – the booth can still review it maybe in the last two minutes of a half. I don't know. But You're coaches' right. challenges on it I think did need to go because yeah. I saw – Slowing s- down the game. I, I saw some some plays that were like, that's pass interference, coach threw the flag, and they still didn't overturn it. And I think a lot of it was because they didn't want to admit they were wrong. So you're slowing down the game. Maybe, you know, I'll, I'll do a little bit more digging on it. Keep it in the last two minutes of the game. The booth can review it. Yeah. That's fine. I'm okay with slowing the game down in those crucial moments. If you're in a one-score game and you're driving down the field and it's third and ten and you throw off a ball and you think your player got interfered with but they didn't call it, that matters because you're trying to drive to tie or win the right. game. Yeah. But, you know, throwing the flag with seven minutes left in the second quarter and it taking ten minutes in a commercial break to get everything sorted out, I don't I'm right. kind of glad to see that go. So uh, let us know your opinions on that after you check out the episode. So um, I think that 
is really all the NFL talk except for yeah, we got to get to the big news um to, so that so that we are in the locker room right now it is 4:45 the NFL schedule drops tonight at eight o'clock hopefully this is up before then and you guys are listening um and we were hoping to come in here and just you know as you watch the draft we were able to leak the picks out early you know before they were getting them in and there hasn't been nothing expect well there's been some but not on the teams that people want to hear. You know, well, you know, the Bengals and the Browns. Um, all we have so far is uh, we know when each team plays the the Jaguars. Yeah. Um, and, and that's it. Um, nothing's been leaked. Cincinnati plays Jacksonville in Week Four. Um, the Browns play Jacksonville in Week uh, Week Twelve. Pittsburgh plays Jacksonville in Week Eleven. And uh, Baltimore plays them, I think, week 15 or 16. Um, what we have heard, we've heard the rumblings of maybe the Browns, Bengals, Steelers, Baltimore play the NFC East, the Cowboys, Eagles, Giants, and Redskins. That doesn't look like it's happened. Because there's, uh, there's a lot of verified, not to cut you off, there are a lot of verified reporters that I've seen on Twitter from other teams like the Bills and Jets are week one. Um, I, yeah. I think it's pretty much confirmed that Saints and Bucks are, are week, week one. one. So it, it looks like a lot of divisional stuff. Yeah, well, and then kind of going to the NFC East there, you know, the Giants play Dallas week one. Is that confirmed? That's I didn't confirmed. Know that uh, and then Philadelphia plays Washington? the Redskins week one. So I think that we're both in the same uh, same position here as to where we think that it's going to be an AFC North versus AFC North team uh, week one. So um, from what we were hearing was the Browns are probably going to get Pittsburgh and the Bengals are probably going to get Baltimore Fuck. week one. Um, but that could change. I mean, that could be that could be the Browns versus the Bengals week one. That could be you know the Bengals versus the Steelers week one. We we don't know, but we think um, and we and, and we seem pretty confident saying that we think that it's going to be AFC North um, versus AFC North uh, both games. You know, week one. If there is a God, the Bengals will play the Steelers in Cincinnati week one. Joe Burrow, I'm going to go. No, listen, Joe but- Burrow. Beats Pittsburgh week one to start it off, and he's a fucking legend forever. Let's I don't do think it. they're going to put – I don't think they would put Pittsburgh in Cincinnati week one. Why not? I mean, dude, the Bengals haven't had a home opener in so fucking I know, but that's why. Long. I just don't think that they would. I, I It's weird because Cleveland seems to get home openers a lot. I, I could see them putting – but this is when the Browns were shit. Not saying the Browns are good, but the Browns are better. Um, they would put Pittsburgh there almost for like a win. And if they're going to put um, – their 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 MVP Lamar out there against the Bengals who just you know finished dead last that makes sense those two those those are the two games that make sense to me Pittsburgh going to Cle- Pittsburgh going to Cleveland or Cleveland going to Pittsburgh and then Cincinnati going to Baltimore week one well fuck it let's roll in because Lamar's getting figured you got to play him one way you got to play him twice either any way it goes maybe so. play him when they're you know. Rusty in the off season yeah. wasn't. I mean, normal. you know what's coming? Yeah. A big dose of Lamar. You just get him on fresh legs, which we're f- would we're figuring. Not weird. The league is figuring Lamar Jackson out this year. I'm telling you, he's taking a step back. And fuck it, dude. Lou Anarumo, defensive coordinator. If you don't know that name, I'm not shocked. He's going to figure him out. Fuck it. <laughs> we do know to start the season off. Um, as you know, the league always starts on a Thursday. Um, we have uh, the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs 
and uh, and we got the Houston Texans. The, so see, they're not the, all going to be divisional. Then there's going to be right, some. There's going to be some. There's going to be some movement. So we um, the DeAndre Hopkinsless, if that's a word, uh, Houston Texans going to uh, uh, Kansas City there, and I expect Kansas City to wipe the floor with them again. Deshaun Watson, man, request a trade. Jesus. I actually heard he's looking closer to an extension. Um, and most guys sign their first extension with the team, but damn, man, they're fucking him. Right. Over. We got uh, we got New England and Miami week one, Buffalo and the Jets, uh, the Colts in Jacksonville, um, the Las Vegas Raiders at Carolina. So that is AFC, NFC. Yeah. Um, and then obviously Dallas, uh, let's see, Giants at Dallas, Washington, uh, Washington at Philadelphia, uh, Green Bay and Minnesota, Chicago and Detroit, Tampa Bay and the Bucks, um, and that's what we have so far. Tampa Bay and the Saints. I don't mean to correct you. Yes, just, I'm sorry. Just for accuracy. Yes, I'm sorry. Tampa, um, Tampa Bay and the Saints. So, yeah, not everybody's going to be divisional. I guess there's going to be some there's other some ones. weird ones. It's almost yeah. like it's almost like a team from a conference is going to play another team from a conference. But so I think there's going to be two two divisions. In the AFC, two in the NFC that'll play each other, and then the rest will be division. So I'm I'm like 99. Point, and I'm on record to say it before it comes out. I'm like 99.9 percent sure that it's going to be an AFC North battle the first week. I mean, give us like the fucking Dolphins or somebody, man. Like, we play the Dolphins this year, you know. Like, give, I, 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 give Burrow I want a fucking. The, I, I'm with you. I'm I'm a Browns fan. I want the Steelers. If not. And it's we're you know I let's let's do Browns Bengals let's get it off right uh, right off the rip but I'm with you man ba- seeing Baltimore Week One Lamar on fresh legs a, a brand new offense that gets tricky but you know that's the thing too though you know I would almost rather see Pittsburgh than Cincinnati just because this is the Rusty year Ben well that and and this is the year year one where Burrow comes out and there's no tape on him you have college tape you don't know what they've incorporated this is this yeah. is why quarterbacks on their rookie year is better than their sophomore year because there's no tape on them i want pittsburgh week one for a multitude of reasons one i think you know obviously ben's gonna be rusty they typically seem to start a little slow they're an older team they do start slower but for a Bengals fan perspective we've got this little brother complex against pittsburgh the record in the last 10 years i don't have it in front of me but it's not fucking good so my mind is okay so let's do this. Give me Pittsburgh. Fuck it. We can go to Pittsburgh. That's fine. Give me Pittsburgh week one. New quarterback, you know, a, a new head coach with his full gear under his belt, kind of the regime change, these new free agents, the revamp defense, all that shit. Give me all that. Let's start that off. And fuck it. Send me to Pittsburgh. Let's start it off. Let's go to Pittsburgh. Let's catch him while they're slow. Let's catch Ben while he's rusty. Let's put some fucking hits on him. And let's start the Burrow, Zach Taylor marriage, new day, new regime, all the shit they're talking off with a win against the guys that we can't seem to fucking beat. I'm in. Yeah. Um, that, 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 that would be a tough pick for me. I, I would, and not to get your wheels spinning here, but I would almost go Pittsburgh over Cincinnati just to start the thing off just because – one, we don't know how Burrow's going to go, and uh, Cincinnati hasn't hit the off the defensive line a whole lot to really get after Ben a shit well, ton, and they and they haven't really done a whole lot at linebacker. God willing, they, re- they revamped the secondary, and the secondary looks great. That's where they hit. You know, they they got the secondary looking good. Obviously, we know. I think their offense is going to put up points. I think it all comes down to left tackle and right guard. Those are the spots that's still missing, just because. 
as we've said, Jonah's still a rookie. And not only that, and, and, and you and I and Austin talk about this a lot, do you really want Jonah week one getting T.J. Watt or Miles Garrett? Or, you know, I mean. Well, if it's AFC North, there's not really any good pick. Good pick. There's good D-lines all through the AFC North. Yeah, yeah, I mean. Um, but, yeah, man, you've had a year to study the playbook. You know that you've been training like a pro. Fuck it, let's throw him into the fire. Look, man, this is, we're playing with house money right now. Yeah, I mean. Any, you know what I mean? Anything over two wins, a better season. So, so yeah, so I, I'm in. And and to the point about the, the defensive line, God willing, Carl Lawson's going to play more this year. You would think. You know, Hubbard's been very good. Dunlap's still pretty effective. He's not but what he like used to be. It's like they don't – it's like – well, they're still dependent on Geno and fucking and Dunlap. Well, not that they can't play. Yeah, yeah, they're still good. They're just not what they used to be. Right. But to the point of Lawson, when Marvin Lewis was there, he just hated playing rookies. Period. They just yeah, hardly played. Silly man. And then last year, he was coming back from that torn ACL. So Lawson's going to be a guy that hopefully could end up one of them guys that could come back and haunt the Bengals if. He doesn't get like an extension because he didn't play well in Cincinnati, and he goes somewhere. Oh yeah, he, could be a monster. You know what I'm saying? That that's what Lawson looks like to me right now, unless he really breaks out this year. And and what I'm hoping for, because Taylor has shown, I mean, Damian Willis, who didn't even stay on the team the whole year, started at receiver week one. He wasn't. He was about you know who he thinks is the best to be on the field, not some of the stuff that I think Marvin was about. So, and as we've said about a lot of these guys, those lower body, those knee you know, bad ankle, whatever injuries that sit them out, they spend that whole next offseason rehabbing and not training. Right. So I'm hoping maybe Lawson had that step back because he was, you know, recovering from the, from the leg injury. Now he's got a full year of that. He's ready to go. He can train because we've seen him be phenomenal. It looked like he could be, you know, oh, yeah, one you of know, the better you know, pass love, rushers You know, I love Lawson. I, I was high on him when they got him. Um, so God willing, he plays more. Great rookie season and – like you said, it looked like they just gave up on him. Um, and his rookie season was good without hardly even fucking right. playing. Yeah, which is which is crazy. And you know, you get a guy like Hubbard, and you get a guy like uh, a Lawson. And don't get me wrong, it's you know, it's like the Browns. You want the depth there at the defensive end, but it's like you know, when you can possibly get a pick for a Dunlap, you do have Hubbard there. You do have Lawson. So eventually, you want to see what those guys have. You know, so you can get younger and you know, and and see if you got something better there. I don't know how much Dunlap would have gotten. I think Gino could have gotten you a very yeah. quality pick. I'm not and sure. And you about might be Dunlap. right about that, but I still think that they both could have got could have landed you a pick. They could have. They, they you know, definitely probably a mid. And I and I always said a mid pick. I think that Gino's kind of more highly regarded around the league than a Dunlap. But but you're right. I, I like Dunlap a lot. I think he's a great dude. He's great to the fans. Great to the city. All that stuff. But I would have been fine with moving on from him. Right. I think he can still play. He's still effective. But. I got to see more Carl Lawson this year. Then, like I said, he recovered from the injury. He should have a whole off season of just training, right. strength, speed, not rehab. Um, so that would be good. And you know, and the schedule release is fun. I think it's more fun this year just because of everything. Well, that's and going we don't know anything. It's weird. Um, usually, the whole damn fucking by now, season's leaked. Yeah, usually by now we've got a damn good idea. And you know, looking at it is fun because you know, as fans, we'll be like, okay, do we start off tough? Do we start off easy? When do I play right. Pittsburgh? You, when do I play uh, Cleveland? Exactly. So yes, yeah. So so when so. For, I'll go first here. So when I look at the Brown schedule, when the and there's a good chance it could be released at 7:30 is what they're saying. Um, the first thing I look at is who are we opening with, because For sure. because it's been a while since the Brown the Browns have had a Week One victory, and not only that, you always want to start out fast because that puts confidence in your team. So I like for an easy game week one. I'm not trying to be a dick, but I remember two years ago I saw a stat on the bottom of ESPN. They tied with Pittsburgh, and it said best start to a season. Yeah, in like yeah, so yeah. Oh, no. years. dude. They are they've been awful week and we at week one. So 
I so I look at who we play in week one first, and then the second time the the second thing I look at I look at primetime games. How many Sunday night football games do we have? How many Monday night football games do we have? How many Thursday Thursday games do we have? Um, and then and then third I I start looking for Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. Those are the games I care about, and then you know I want to know. There was a there was a lot of stuff going around that Cleveland could get the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. It came out that it doesn't look like that they're getting the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. But you know those would be the things that I'm looking at. But um, I like Thanksgiving football, but I don't know if I'd want to see my team play on Thanksgiving. I think it would be fun. The I would, Bengals I would, did that I a few enjoy years it. ago on yeah. on a night game. It kind of sucked. I would enjoy that. Just you know, it's it's Thanksgiving. And, well, but true though, you know, you don't want to be stressed out on Thanksgiving. I didn't mean to catch up. No, no, no. So what are you what are you looking at? Is that, are you looking at the same things when you? What I've looked for for the last few years is, I think the Bengals deserve a fucking home opener. I think I, I don't I haven't seen it in front of me, but the last one I can remember was like a game against Baltimore, and it's got to be five six years ago. I, I, that's one thing I look for because we love Week One together. We get all the TVs, we get f- food. But man, now that I'm you know I wasn't buying tickets because of Marvin and all the stuff that's going on. I'm back in. If we get a home opener, I got to go see the beginning of the Burrow era, right. but. That that's one, of, but yeah. Who do I open with? You know, what did they do last year? What have they done in the off season? You know, do I think we can start off right? This is, this is more the more exciting schedule release that I can remember in a long time because there's so many differences. There's so much new there. Right. You know, and last year I was like, oh shit, we're going to Seattle. We're gonna get the shit kicked out of. It was like a one point game, and you know, so I was like, cool. But now it's a little bit more exciting because it's like I want him to get off. You know, I want Burrow to get off at a at a good start. Um, and then what I look for next is Pittsburgh. Yeah. And for the last few years, up until last season and now, it was usually like, okay, is Burfick still going to be suspended for the first one? Because <laughs> <laughs> he was he like fucking three years he was suspended at the beginning of the year. Um, but the first one I look for is Pittsburgh. When is it? You know, those are that's usually the most likely night game for the Bengals. They played them on Monday yeah. Night Football last year in Pittsburgh. Um, I, I like Sunday Night Football games, but I'm not a big fan of my team playing on Monday Night Football. I'm not either, and maybe it's because I'm scarred from the Bengals fucking up on primetime. And, and uh, James Sayre, a buddy of mine that was commenting on our post, said the same thing. He's a Steelers fan. He said he just doesn't like them. You're yeah. up until midnight yeah, watching right. the game, yep. and if you win, you're all excited. Yeah, you don't go sleep. to bed. Yep. Yeah, you got to work the next day. Um, I could I can live with Sunday night football, I guess, even though I, I still got to go to work the next day. But yeah, I like Sunday night football. I can serve my energy on Sundays because I usually get on the couch and just don't move. Right. Um, <laughs> And then after, you know, where do we play Pittsburgh, I start looking at the last quarter of the season because, okay, you know, whatever my predictions are, do I think we're going to be in the playoff push around there? Right. Okay. So the last four games, do we have tough games? Do we have easy games? Do I think maybe, you know, we can we can get these wins out of the way, maybe win a couple that we're not supposed to, and then have what should be an easier run, you know, maybe a team at the bottom of the – you know, they're, they're looking at the draft already yeah. or something like that. The one thing that I think that we can bank on as AFC North fans, actually, I think any football fan, I think that come week 17 – Division. It's going to be a divisional game. And I think it's, I think that's going to – I think we're opening divisional, and I think we're closing divisional. So Ooh, man, start and then have a 15-week gap. And the AFC North is going to be tight this year, I think, so – uh, that, I think that, everybody could possibly vie for a playoff spot. The Bengals yeah. being the least likely. Yeah, I think that it's going to be. I think that's what I think that's going to be. What the AFC North is. I think it's going to be a bash within the division, uh, start to finish. So uh, uh, enough about football here. Even though we can never get enough football, let's transition over here to the uh, NBA. So Drew, the NBA 
said that starting tomorrow, uh, the NBA has informed its 30 teams that practice facilities can open May 8th if market is no longer subject to restrictions. So what I've gathered is they can almost do an individual workout with a coach at the hoop. So it can be one player and one coach at one hoop, obviously another player, another coach at another hoop. I don't know how many hoops are in the facilities. It kind of seems silly. I heard they have to wear masks still. Yeah. Um, I think if I was a player, I'd rather just work out at home if I had – you yeah. know, a hoop or something. Work it out seems, with a, seems most a of them have silly. hoops. Yeah, fucking work out with a mask on. Yeah, so sounds awful. I, I don't know. I do you think we're gonna get this season in? What what's your feeling? I think that they are bound and determined to get it in, and money is obviously number one. Um, but they, I think they want to crown a champion. Um, I saw today. Um, I can't remember who it was. It was a a, a, a players union rep, I believe, um, said that. They're willing to go to as late as Labor Day to continue the season and get it out. Um, I think that they will find a way, um, but a lot of players, I guess, are saying that they don't feel safe. Like Frank Vogel, the Lakers head coach, said today, he's like, yeah, they'll be up and back up on the 8th, but we're not coming. We're right. not doing it. Um, so, you know, personal opinions on that aside, you know, like Michigan extended their stay-at-home order today, so the Pistons won't be back working right. out. Till the um, till like the end of May, it's crazy. Yeah. Oh, I think my I don't know. Um, so I think that they will get the season back in. Whether and I think, I think you might have sent it to me or somebody did. There was a hotel that offered like an yeah. entire block yeah, so that's on what the what strip. I was going to bring up. So Vegas apparently offered the NBA an entire strip of hotels, and I guess the court that they play the summer leagues on to finish out the season. And I think that there's been an offer made by the wide world of sports, uh, Disney's or ESPN's facility down there in Disney World in Orlando. So maybe you split half the league up and send one there and some there. Maybe the Western Conference teams go to Vegas, the Eastern Conference teams go to Orlando. I don't know. Um, there are options there. I think now the most pushback that I've really seen was from players. Yeah. Um, Which, you know, kind of want to get into that without getting too – political Political. about it so here in ohio we just got the news today restaurants and barber shops are going to open up um may 15th outside for restaurants and then may 21st you can go inside and 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 eat you know now at restaurants and my whole thought process behind that is is say say i'm out of a job right now and my job opens up on the 15th and i tell my job i'm scared you know, I don't want to work. I think my job is probably going to look at me and say, you know, I, I understand, but hey, we will find somebody that wants to work. So if the NBA is offering work to play a game, how is that any different than the lady at the restaurant? Okay, well, if you don't want to do it, we won't pay you the money and you don't have to play. Sit out. Well, I think the difference to me there is it's much easier to find a new bartender or waitress than it is to find a new LeBron James. Well, that's true. That's <laughs> that's true, but it is what it is. The that and the NBA is the most player controlled league in sports. Um, I, I I agree with you. These are all guys in pristine physical condition. 
Rudy Gobert got it. Donovan Mitchell got it. I don't believe they ever even had symptoms. They moved on pretty quick. Yeah. Obviously, you don't want to get it regardless. You don't want to get it even if you'll beat it. Right. You know, saying, well, they'll beat it, so who cares, doesn't really – it's not really the right way to say because obviously I can beat cancer if I got it. I could beat it, but I don't want to get it. You know, right, so. Right. But at the same time, if the league has deemed it safe enough to reopen, they have the testing, and that's another hurdle – I think Adam Silver said they would need about 15,000 tests to be able to resume operation. And right now, I'm not sure it's the best idea to give that testing to pro athletes when there are working people like you and I out there that may need them. Um, So that's a hurdle, too. But if the NBA gets it in place and they have a a, a setup to where it can be safe, you can go play these games in practice facilities or wherever without fans, and you are able to do it and they can keep you safe, then you should go report. Um, athletes, they always say, should be held to a higher standard. Um, obviously, when it comes to somebody's health, you know, that's a little bit different. But in the times that we're in, I mean, how, you know, th- this hasn't really affected me all that much. I miss sports. Other than that, I don't really care. I get my hair cut by my brother. I don't really care if I go to a restaurant. But there are a lot of people that are having real life stress, real financial stress. I'm lucky enough to be able to work from my house and do my job and receive my full paycheck. And I'm thankful for that. But there are so many people out there right now that are stressed, that are locked at their house, that may be developing some sort of depression from money issues or isolation or whatever the hell else is going on. What can be the escape from anything that you deal with in life? Sports. Oh, yeah. That's kind of where I'm at with the whole situation now. You're opening up the barbershops. I can go get my hair cut. Uh, You're opening up uh, restaurants. You know, I can go with my family and I can eat. Um, you know, give us something to do. Now, the last thing is sports. We're going to get UFC this Saturday. Um, you know, not that we watch too much of it. I think we'll watch the Daytona 500, but NASCAR's coming back. Um, the NBA, though, is probably going to be the last thing that I believe is going to be like, okay, let's, let's open up. Um, I think the NFL has a better chance of playing starting on time than the NBA even getting the season in. I don't know about that, but I, th- there's a lot of politics involved, and obviously we'll try to stay out of them as much as we can. But the NBA is owned by people that are a little bit more progressive, and the NFL owners are a little bit more conservative. So that that's playing into it. I, and as oh, much as definitely. we want to leave this out, there are states that are dominated by d- Democrats and there are states that are dominated by Republicans, and they're going to open up their cities and states as such because yeah. there are different views, and that's fine. But I think – I don't know, man. The NBA is is they can have whatever views they want, man. But they're about their money, and how much money? How much money do you? I mean, they would they would have the highest ratings ever for the NBA playoffs. People that don't give a shit about the NBA would probably watch because it's live sports. I mean, I. I watched ESPN 8 when they had it that day, and I watched a fucking rock-skipping championship, you know? And I was like, oh, shit, this guy's fucking slinging them because I'm hungry for sports. So your football buff that loves football, doesn't really care about basketball, may see some live sports on, and he's going to watch it. There's there's so much money to be made, and maybe the highest ratings you've ever seen, you can put your champion that you eventually crown in such a high light, especially, let's say the Lakers were to win it. They lost Kobe, you know? that, That was tough on the organization. They canceled the game, you know? And then, you know, they, they come back from the league being shut down and win a championship. They can sell that story. Or maybe a Kevin Durant comes back and the Nets come out of nowhere and win yeah, a holy that, shit. That's another cool story. They're, that? they're saying if it does reopen, there's a good chance, or they're saying there's a chance that Kevin Durant could play. 
Um, he absolutely should not. He, he pro- no, he probably shouldn't. But I mean, you know, I, I don't know how far along he is. That'd be or, fucking wild, though. <laughs> yeah, I, it would make the it would make it that much more like holy shit. Like you know, shit just got real. There's another team you can add to a, a, a championship contender. Yeah, because right now the Nets aren't doing shit. But right. yeah, you bring KD back, maybe that brings Kyrie back. Um, but to to the point of them, I I think that the NFL, I think the NFL starts on time. Whether that be f- no fans, and dude, frankly, I don't give a shit. Right. I'd like to go to Burroughs first start if it's a home game. You know, don't get me wrong; it's not gonna break my heart if I can if I can sit my ass down and watch football. Right. That's and, all we want. <laughs> and it's I, like the UFC fights this coming up weekend, man. That's. We don't care if there's no fans. You know, it's in a stadium. Yeah, I don't give a we, shit. We just want to watch people beat each other up. I, and, and I won't care if the NBA comes back with no fans. I think that there's an opportunity to get really creative with broadcasting and, and maybe miking up some players, you know, putting it on the tape belay in case somebody cusses or whatever. Um, but I, I think that the NBA will resume. I think that they're dedicated to crowning a champion and getting back in. I think that they will. And – you know, we saw kind of such a slow transition of, okay, maybe you should stay at your house. Maybe you shouldn't go here. And then it was like, okay, this is going to close and you got to stay here. And now the restaurant. So it's been a quick transition or a slow, slower transition in things shutting down. But I'm seeing a quicker transition in things opening up. Yeah. And just in the last week, a week ago, it seemed like we were going to be stuck like this till at least the end of May. And now things are changing, you know, and this is obviously only in Ohio. If we have somebody listening in a different state, please let us know what's going on with yours in regards to, you know, sports or, or, or whatever. Well, we know the Michigan people are pissed. Man. Um, so I, I think that they will be back. Um, I think the NFL kicks off on time. Maybe no fans. And uh, our local hero, Josh Myers, was yeah. at Dairy Queen the other day. He thinks they're going to start off and not have any fans. I'm sure he um, might know no know some things yeah there. he's got some some talk there um, so, I so let's get down to the main question is are we going to get an nba season in your eyes i believe so i believe they will find a way to make it happen i believe that the league will look at the players association and be like look we've done everything you need you're safe sorry bring your family they're not going to put them up in fucking motel six rooms they're going to have nice ass suites yeah. and all kinds of shit especially if they're splitting it between vegas and orlando at fucking disney world like yeah. they're going to have comfortable accommodations so so Drew, Drew thinks that we, uh, we, you know, we I do, do get the season yeah. in. I, on the other hand, think we do not. I, I wish I was more uh, optimistic like Drew is, but I do not think that the NBA season uh, uh, there's there's a finish to it. I do think football starts on time. I think uh, maybe without fans, um, but that's kind of where we're at on that. So let's uh, transition here um, to our last topic. Here it is. A very loaded, and we hit on this last week, UFC 249 fight card. Um, Dana White did his best to bring the UFC back. He was hoping to do it earlier, but we still get it. It's the first sport back. Um, and th- like I said, this this card is fucking loaded. Um, we hit on it last week, so what we're going to do this week is kind of just go over our pro- uh, uh, our predictions. Um, what do we think is going to happen? Um, and we're going to start um, with, with, the, with the bottom cards here. Um, I'm not going to do the, the, the real late prelims. Um, you know, those are a lot of up-and-comer fights. Um, so let's start here with uh, Ronaldo, uh, uh, I think it's Soze, Soze is his name, uh, versus Uriah Hall. Um, they have uh, uh, Soze as, the, as the, the underdog, or I'm sorry, as the favorite here. And that's where I'm going. I think this is going to be a hell of a fight. Um, I don't know if we'll be drunk by then. Um, we are going over to Austin's this Saturday, and 
getting together and we're going to watch this. Um, so, but dude, this fight's loaded. I know you're not huge on the uh, the UFC, Drew. I know you watch it a lot more. I'm trying. Um, yeah, yeah, but this fight here is going to be a great fight, and uh, it's. I think Uriah Hall loses this one. Loses this one. Um, Soze is just just he's a brawler, man. Yeah, um, and I'm gonna kind of give you a little bit of mine. I went with Uriah Hall on that one. Um, he reminds me of an Anderson Silva. He's just more raw, and I don't know. He's just he, he's not he's just he's just not as good as Anderson Silva once was. Yeah, I guess that's fair. And then um, with the next one here, Fabrico Wordum uh, versus Aleski. Fabricio Wordum, yeah, Fabricio, he, and the old uh, the heavyweight championship there. And Aleski uh, Olinic, I believe. Yeah. So I got a I got a, a Wordum one. This one here could be a knockout. Uh, this is a heavyweight battle. Um, Those dudes are gonna throw. Yeah, two man. big boys. You know they're gonna throw, throw, and I, I think Wordum's gonna catch them here and and probably put his lights out. Um, I'm actually so, with you on that one. So let's go to the the, the fight that is actually free, um, and this is a big fight. Anthony Showtime uh, Pettis versus Donald Cowboy Cerrone. A prelim fight. Yeah, dude. Everyone gets to see this. I mean, we're going to order the main card, but. Yeah, but that's going to be on ESPN. Yeah. Anybody can yeah, watch this, that. Yeah, this is going to be. Starts at 630, I believe. Pettis is a badass, man. He'll sit there and he'll whoop your ass or he'll get his ass beaten. Same with Cowboy. Cowboy doesn't give a yeah. shit. Yeah. Um, Pettis is the actual favorite in here. Um, I'm actually going to go with Cowboy here. I think Cowboy's actually going to catch Pettis, probably maybe with a, a high kick to the head, um, what he's known for. Um, you know, probably win by TKO is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking Cowboy, too. I just like Cowboy a lot. I like his demeanor. And, yeah, that, that high kick is fucking vicious. Um, so I'm with you there. I, actually, I went with uh, Cowboy on that as well. Um, next fight here, uh, to start to start the main card, uh, the old Cowboy, Greg Hardy um, versus uh, Johan DiCastro. Um, I'm going to go first. Now, listen, dude, if this gets past the first round, these two are going to be fucking <laughs> breathing heavy, dude. And uh, – I'm going with Johan DiCastro here. Um, just he's bringing a, they're both bringing a lot of knockout power, um, and and Hardy's the favorite here. I just think that Castro catches him and and puts him down. I'm going Greg Hardy just because I know that that dude is a fucking lunatic. That guy's <laughs> fucking crazy. So I haven't watched him fight a ton. He's going to be on a main card now, and he's just a crazy motherfucker. So I think he wins. Um, going to the featherweights here. Next up on the main card, um, Calvin, uh, uh, I think it's Catter uh, versus Jeremy Stevens. Um, I'm going with Calvin on this one, man. Um, he just he, he his last couple fights, dude. He's just been a, a brawler. I mean, he's quick. Jeremy's been in the sport a long time. Um, I think this is probably going the distance. I think this this goes, you know, all three rounds. And I think that um, uh, Calvin wins this by a, a unanimous decision. Yeah, um, looking into that one, Jeremy Stevens to me, I don't know. He's I don't know, he's just a little bit slower. I feel like he doesn't have the. He, he's going to be a little bit slower than than Calvin for sure. The the kick there, so I think Calvin probably takes that one. And then um, Francis Naganyu, is that how you pronounce oh, it? Oh boy, this is this get ready for another knockout, dude. Back to the big boys and the heavyweights, man. This this fight, this is the fight that was going to main event the card in Columbus. Yeah, that would have been cool to maybe. Yeah, go to. and dude, Francis Ngannou fucking swings hard. He hits hard, and when he connects, when he connects, your lights go out. 
Yeah, I got I got Nganu. I got Nganu. Yeah, I, I can't. Uh, I think he just knocks. Uh, out. Don't get me th- don't get me wrong. Yeah, uh, Rosenstruck is a good is a good fighter, but Nganu just to me is going to be on a different level. Yeah, that, and that's that's a knockout I think or a TKO finish. Right. I don't think that goes to decision. Um, so next fight, uh, co-main event: Henry Sahedu versus Dominic Cruz. Um, as much as I want to see Dominic Cruz win this, and he's got that kind of orthodox fighting style. I think Henry Sahedu is just dude when he just beat TJ Dillashaw them 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 two times dude he just that's when he got my respect you know I wasn't a big fan of the real small guys when he was down there fighting Mighty Mouse I just think that uh, Henry Sahedu is just gonna he, he's probably gonna catch him I mean Cruz hasn't fought since um, um, Cody Garbrandt and and Cody whooped his ass and Cody's only d- has done nothing but lose since then even though I like Cody. Uh, I just think Henry Henry Cejudo is just going to be too much for him here. I like Dominic Cruz because the unorthodox, the wild stuff. I think that's fun as shit to watch. Yeah, you know that's kind of where as I'm trying to get a little bit more into UFC, I like the fucking wild dudes that just right. do crazy shit. But Cejudo, um, I think he's just a lot more technically sound. Um, I think he may fight a little bit more under control. Yeah. Um, and I think that just in this one specifically, I think that that kind of puts him out on top. Yeah, and let's get to the big one here, man. The main event. Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gagey. Um, I'm going to probably shock a little Woo. bit of people, a little bit of people here. And actually, our uh, our, our our listener, our, our fellow listener, Tim Combs, actually agrees with this one with me. Um, Tony's the underdog now. Tony's going to slice Gagey up if this goes on. Um, but Tony likes to push forward in his fights. I mean, the dude does not stop coming forward. And I don't know if he's felt power like Justin Gagey yet. And if he keeps coming forward and Justin Gagey's landing these bombs on him. I think Justin Gagey wins this one by knockout. Um, the UFC insider Ooh. on ESPN, Ariel, um, do you know his last name? I know who you're talking about. I Ariel, can't think of the last name. It starts with an H. I can never say his last name. Actually put his reputation on the line uh, a few days ago on ESPN. He oh, said, wow. if this fight isn't exciting, he says, never have him on ESPN again. He said he's putting all of his reputation on it. Um, and I agree with him, man. The more and more I looked at this fight, the the more and more I liked it. Um, just two, just brawlers, dude. Tony's going to probably slice him up. If if this goes past, I would say the second round, Tony's going to win this fight. But if this is if this is stopped early somehow, I got Gagey all day, dude. Gagey Gagey throws bombs. Dana got me hook, line, and sinker, dude. He said this is probably the most violent fight that you have seen. It's going to be, dude. And, I, I mean, maybe in current era, because, dude, I remember my stepdad had U- or UFC VHS tapes when it first started. They were, like, fucking punching each other in the nuts and <laughs> yeah. ripping each other's, like, hair out and shit. Um, but Dana's got me excited for this one, man, hook, line, and sinker. If you tell me it's going to be the most violent fight I've ever seen, I am all in. Um, uh, I'm going to go against it, though. Tony's going to win. Wow. I think Tony's going to f- push forward and, and land shots. And I think that Tony wants – because the winner of this fight is going to fight Khabib. Apparently. And maybe Gagey wins it, and Conor McGregor's been right this whole time, and that fight's not going to happen and all this. But I think that that's in Tony's mind. He wants a shot at Khabib. I think that that's going to kind of give him a little bit of an extra push in this fight. He may push forward too much and get caught. Very very well could happen. I just think that the Khabib-Ferguson has been supposed to happen too many times. It's been laid out too many times, and I just don't – maybe it's personal, but I just – I want to see it. You, you know mean, what I mean? Yeah. So I think, I think Tony maybe pushes it out um, and, and makes it happen. 
Yeah, so that's kind of where we're at, man. You know, UFC 249 this Saturday, we just, you know, we can't wait. You know, we, we, we look forward to just, you know, getting into uh, – you know, getting together, you know, as a group and, you know, being able to drink some booze and eat some wings or whatnot and yeah, make some fucking wings. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's going to be it's going to be fun, man. I can't wait. Saturday, we get some kind of sport back. If It's going to feel normal for even just that night for Saturday night, man. And uh, just, I, I just I, I can't wait. Yeah, man, I'm excited. Um, like I said, I'm a, I'm a newer UFC guy. I like to watch him fight. I've always liked to watch him fight, but I'm trying to work at more, you know, kind of understanding the fighters more and, and bringing more to you guys. So, um, but either way, man, like I said, live sports, that's yeah. the closest we've had to live sports since then has been the NFL draft. The draft I mean, there's yeah. like Korean baseball on yeah, ESPN, I, I, but I you got to get up at like 530 to watch it. I can't watch it. It's over yeah. by the time I wake up. Um, so this, I mean, this is going to be real competition, live sports, winner, loser, and, you know, uh, only thing that's going to be different is there's no fans in the stands and maybe you get to hear some cooler stuff from the guys on yeah. the corners, you know. And, and is, is Joe Rogan calling this? Cause Joe I mean, Rogan is calling He was this. against it, the, yeah, the oh, last one that was supposed to He's calling to this. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Dana White knew he had to have Joe Rogan. Oh, absolutely. Um, kind of want to – I mean, obviously UFC 249 this Saturday. Hope you guys are can, can watch that or at least watch the prelims. Um, kind of want to go back, man. You, you – Sent me this on the way over, and I had just seen it. What is your boy Jim Harbaugh saying? I would like to go on record that Jim Harbaugh is not my boy. He just happens <laughs> to coach my favorite team. Um, I'm going to pull this up here. He actually penned an open letter to pretty much just anybody in the college football community that wanted to read it. Um, in regards to college football eligibility, yeah. um, we're seeing a change in the NBA to now the NBA G League offers a – program for players to come in and make i think the highest contract that's been given to a, a kid fresh out of high school is like two hundred fifty thousand dollars to play in this new g league select organization um to to make some money instead of going to college um and i guess that has sparked harbaugh to kind of discuss a little bit i'm not going to read the whole letter i'm just going to get down to maybe the bigger bullet points of what he's looking for um his proposal is is basically this um a person, a player can leave college football. Well, I'll, I'll start at the, like the, the the top of the cycle. He thinks that every player should come in with five years of college athletic, football athletic ability, um, and he wants the player to have the option to discuss with he and his family to go to the draft at any time, even if it's after his first season. Um, and his idea for that is if he's drafted within the first two hundred and twenty four picks of the draft or he chooses to sign an undrafted free agent deal with the NFL, he would lose all college eligibility. Or if he's not drafted in the first 224 picks and chooses not to sign with an NFL team as an undrafted free agent, he would have the ability to go back to school with no repercussions. Yeah. You don't have to sit out or anything like that. Um, and the, the, the person leaving college early who signs the contract, um, he would be entitled to complete his degree while – in the NFL or return to the school that he left to left from, excuse me, once his pro career is done. They say the average NFL career is, you know, three to four years. So he says, okay, if a guy is a junior and he had two more years left on scholarship and he leaves and goes pro, he should get two more years of paid schooling whenever he's done. Um, and then um, he kind of wants more of a, just like a broadening of the rules to let them explore the pro ranks earlier and, you know, maybe a set because right now, 
three years out of high school, that's it. Right. You can't even, you know, there, there's like a guy like Trevor Lawrence, for example. He played as a true freshman, won a national championship. He would have been the number one pick the next year. Right. Um, so he wants that. And then um, I, I like that. I, I kind of like the, you know, if you don't get drafted in the first 240 picks, that you can go back to college, continue to play football, and get yourself better. Um, the only thing that – see, I like that, but then after I think about it for a minute, I don't because then then teams are wasting draft picks, and it's not their fault. Uh, how I mean, how are they wasting? The okay, pick? so say you say say you take it. He said two hundred forty. All right, so say you two twenty four. Okay, yeah. so t- say you take a kid and the two hundred and thirty something pick. You draft him, and then he wants to go back to college because he was drafted too high. Well, that doesn't matter. I thought that he's saying. Well, I thought Harbaugh saying he should be given the chance to go back and, and to school and play. Well, I guess how many. How many picks are there in the NFL draft? I guess that would matter. That may, may that may be all of the picks, and it, yeah, he just yeah, said it I, in I that mean, way. Maybe, yeah, maybe if there's more picks than that, and I, I don't know. So I don't know. So maybe maybe that's the last pick. So maybe, thirty-two times seven, and this is without comp picks, I guess. Thirty-two picks per round times seven rounds is two hundred twenty-four. So he said it in a longer way. But if okay. you don't go in the first seven rounds, uh, okay. So draft. all right. So maybe maybe he should have explained it a little better, or or maybe I, I should have thought it out a little better maybe how about if you don't get drafted you can go back to school yes yeah, he could have said yeah it that yeah, yeah and maybe maybe that's what he meant so if you don't get drafted and you go back to school i'm okay with that as long as a team isn't wasting a pick on you yeah uh, and i mean yeah so 224 that's that's seven rounds times 32 teams so if you don't get drafted you can go back to school if you have the eligibility um and and a caveat to that is similar to um college basketball too it also says if you do not receive money from an agent okay so if you're a freshman and you come out and say i'm going to the draft they think i'll get drafted high enough i'm hiring an agent an agent's giving you money or, or whatever they do yeah. you, your eligibility is done yeah you can't receive that money so i, I guess i should outline that in the beginning well and i guess if maybe i can sit down and read it a little bit better maybe i should have done that before we got in here um you know i might have more to say about it um like i said as long as it isn't a team wasting a pick you know, I, I have no problem with them maybe not getting drafted and say they're a junior going back for their senior year. Yeah, I, th- if, I think that's a pretty good idea actually. If they, yeah, if you know, if a team drafts you, it's not a waste to pick. You you can't say, hey, well, I don't want to go play for Cleveland. I'm going back to school. You can't do that. Right. Um. So, I, yeah, I'm I'm for it. Um. And and I'm not a big Harbaugh fan of his production on the field in big games and against um you know the 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 Ohio State you know whatever you want to call them. Um. But that doesn't benefit him any really. Because if he gets an absolute stud and they say, oh, you know, year one, he can go top five. I don't like – and then another thing you said there, I'm not big on a, a, a kid coming out after his first year. I think at, I think at minimum, and I would actually be okay with it, how about after a sophomore year? Just because, dude, they're still young. A lot of them kids are still just so young, dude. Yeah, but a lot of people would have chomped at the bit. Oh, I, tr- I know, and, but he's an, he's an exception. I understand that. But he still has a whole lot of development to do. Um, and I know, guess that's on the team. Yeah, yeah. I know? mean, it's almost kind of like a freshman starting for the varsity team if he's not if he's not ready or something. You know, that's just kind of how I feel. I just there's a lot more maturing there to do to give uh, an 18 and 19 year old kid like Trevor Lawrence 30 40 million dollars. I mean, well, it, and that's that's where I think that obviously it's on the team. 
to to gauge his physical development, to gauge his mental development, where he's at. And if you don't like him, don't draft him. You can go back to school. No harm, no foul. Um, but I can see maybe extending it to the sophomore year. Um, but yeah, I like this at least the sophomore it year. It doesn't benefit coaches any because no, I think they lose good all. players not earlier. So. You know, as much as I may disagree with how he does things at the at the school, I personally think that it's a good idea, a good premise, and and he said at the end of the letter he's willing to talk to whoever necessary and have an open discussion for it. He's open to compromise as well, so I think it's maybe a good starting point, and and a good compromise could be reached. And because man, the NCAA is a fucking scam. I mean, how much oh, money? How much definitely. money has Trevor Lawrence made Clemson? Yeah, I and mean, he had to get approval to start a GoFundMe right. for people. And I mean, Harbaugh's got to do something because he ain't winning football games. I mean, he don't know how to beat. Stay in the fucking news. He somehow. don't know how to beat fucking Ohio State. That's for damn sure. God damn, why does he have a job? <laughs> yeah. But let us know your thoughts on that too. You know, once you hear this, um, you know, we we did put a post out with the uh, the full letter that Jim Harbaugh wrote. You can read that. Uh, let us know your thoughts on it. I do think it's interesting, and I think it's maybe time to look a little bit at updating and, and adapting some of the things in college football um, on the eligibility side. Definitely agree. So um, getting into our Facebook page, I like to uh, we like to throw a post chatter eye. You know, we're bored at work or whatever. We like to talk to you guys here. So, um, you know, we ask, what are the first things you look for when they schedule drops for your team? Um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, buddy Jim Sayer, hoping the Steelers don't have too many primetime games. He hates them. Um, and the problem is that they do have a fan base coast to coast that'll yeah, drive ratings. Yeah, Pittsburgh is so. going to get primetime games, yeah. man. They're they're just they have too many fans. Um, you say you know you already said your things on there. Uh, my cousin John, uh, loyal listener, not going to lie, he's relieved the Bengals don't face Baltimore or Pittsburgh early on. This was before kind of the divisional <laughs> yeah. thing came we out. We thought they so were playing an NFC's <laughs> team. <laughs> we might not be out of the woods yet. There, I think they're going. Um, I think they're going to get one of those teams. And I, and I had a little fun the other day. Um, and I, I want to get this from you, actually. Um, we've all done it. What's your biggest sports jersey purchase regret? Because I've spent oh a lot God, of dude. money on jerseys. Are they hanging up behind I mean, you right look, there? Dude, right here behind me, I have a Trent Richardson jersey. <laughs> I have a Johnny Manziel jersey. I have a Brady Quinn jersey at home. <laughs> dude, I got a fucking Courtney Brown jersey. I Aaron got Lakes a, brought him up on this page. I got a Brandon Whedon jersey, dude. You've got a I lot. I got the fucking dude. quarterbacks, man. And I'd have to show everybody my jerseys, dude. But <laughs> I think the I think the better question for me is like, hey, what good jersey do you have? <laughs> what have you bought that you don't remember? Dude, and, and, and off the top, oh, dude, I got a Joe Thomas jersey. Wear that forever. Right. <laughs> I have a uh, Josh Cribbs jersey. I love Josh, Josh Cribbs. Cribbs. Um, I ha- I have a Jim Brown jersey. You can never go wrong with the best running back oh, ever. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, man. So that I think that's the better question for me. You know, I do have a uh, I do have my Miles Garrett jersey. Miles is yeah, that's a good uh, one. I have uh, jury's out on Baker. You got Baker. I have, I have Baker. You know, you got to have the quarterback, obviously. Um, and then I ordered, and we'll be here before the season. I ordered a Nick Chubb jersey, and Nick Chubb, he's he's the silent killer, man. I have two Joe Burrow jerseys on the way, and I'll be adding more soon. I got a black one and a white one for home and away games. Um, but, man, I I'm, I was kind of fucked from the beginning. My very first Bengals jersey ever my dad and my stepmom bought me was an Akili Smith jersey. So I was fucked from the start. But, man, I remember going out and back – sounding a little bit old, but back in the day – they were only 80 bucks, so it wasn't right. as bad. But yeah. I was a kid, you know, I didn't have like, I wasn't working to get money. So I spent 80 bucks on an Odell Thurman jersey af- after his first year when he tore the league up and then he yeah. did Coke or whatever and was gone. Um, after Jeremy Hill's big 2014 season, I went out, I won a little money gambling. I went to the mall, spent 100 bucks on a Jeremy Hill jersey. 
what a fucking waste. Um, the list goes on and on for me. From the listeners, uh, Josh Collier, um, he's actually a part of a, a Black Sheep podcast. He has a Blake Bortles jersey, and I asked, did oh. you pay 100 bucks for that? And he said, I did. <laughs> wow. He said he took us to the AFC title game. And Jaguars like, fan. I don't know many Jaguars fans. He's, I think he's actually the only one I know. Wow. And I've, I've known him since school. He's been a Jags fan yeah, forever. I mean, they, it, I mean, what Blake Bortles took him all the way to the AFC championship. Yeah, so. he bought the jersey, yeah. and then he started sucking. I like their colors. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Durr, dude, get this one. He had a Marcus Vick Dolphins jersey custom made. Oh, see, I, so when so here's my thing. When he says custom made, did he go all the way to where that cost him a couple hundred bucks? I think, or he did. did we, or did he hit the the fucking hit China for it? You know, because I don't get, know. Marcus Vick was back before I think we all had like the real access to the Chinese stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. So yeah, that was that was man, quite a few years ago. Paid a good penny for that, man. That's crazy. That's that's a good one. And then uh, Jim Sayer back again said he got a Barry Foster jersey the year before they traded him. Who? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then got a Kevin Green jersey to replace okay. it. Uh, Kevin Green's not too. a bad one. Yeah, but Kevin Green's not a bad one. Yeah, Kevin Green went terrible, and he said he got a Rod Woodson jersey thinking he'd be a Stealer forever. Nope, go figure. Yeah, but those are still good. To me, Green and Woodson are still pretty good jerseys. Yeah. Uh, Tommy McGrew, Dwight Howard in 2012 when he came to the Lakers the first time. <laughs> I almost did that. Um, Aaron Licks, man, he went on a ramp. Braylon, oh, we're Browns fans, man. It, it just the list goes on. Braylon Edwards, Tim Couch, Johnny Manziel, Brandon Whedon, Brady Quinn, Kellen Winslow, Peyton Hillis, Borcavius Mingo. Hillis is right there. He said, "I finally just started Jim Mingo. Brown jerseys, and that's yeah. good too." He said, "Courtney Brown," and then he said, "The fuckhead from Penn State. I can't even remember his name. I don't know who that is." Um, late Randy Pollen. Never owned a sports jersey in his life. That's that's wild to me. He's a big sports fan, but he, he says he chooses he has to his, wear other Now, things. listen, Randy Randy played for the Kansas City Royals. Yeah. I was a catcher. He has his own jersey. Um, I, but I do. I, I find that crazy that he didn't – he's never owned a, a, a jersey before. That's that's crazy. I wonder, though – I know, I know Randy's a Buckeye fan, so I wonder if he has a Buckeye jersey that doesn't have a doesn't name have a on name it. Doesn't have a name on it. Yeah. Well, and then you can't really say he bought that person's jersey because it's just It's just money to the school. Yeah, I mean, and that's the great thing about college. You can get those jerseys that only have the numbers. You can be like, hey, was that a – you know, and, and it can continue, you know. So, like, two, like Dobbins, you know, that could go all the way back to fucking Terrell Pryor. Yeah, you know, Mike so, Doss, remember him? Yeah, so that, 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 that's what I like about college. So I wonder, we should ask Randy, like, okay, do you have a Buckeyes jersey that doesn't have a name on it? Yeah, we should. Because I've never, never seen never him with a jersey. jersey. I haven't either, no. But, I mean, I've watched a couple Buckeyes games with him, so I wonder if he has maybe a Buckeyes jersey. It just doesn't have a name on it. That's what he means. And uh, uh, another one, um, I was talking to my dad about this. He's not a Facebook guy. Um, but he, <laughs> I remember this dude clear as day. We went down to cook sports in Cincinnati and my dad used to be a, a bigger guy. Um, then he, he was pretty big. Um, he paid, dude, I think it was like 300, 350 bucks for like an authentic game worn Justin Smith Jersey, the DN from the Bengals number 90. I mean, it was the exact jersey. I think it was game worn. So it was as real as it gets dude he paid so much fucking money for it i remember <laughs> it like it was yesterday and he left the next year he still got it actually it's still at his house so that was a, a good one there oh man that was now rough. so so the jersey that i'm going to be able to have forever that i just i, I just 
purchase. Actually, me and me and Durr actually purchased one is a Josh Myers Ohio State jersey. Yeah, that's awesome. That's 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 going to be one to just wear forever. It's from I can your wear, hometown, I can wear them for to Ohio State games. I can wear it to the Berg games. Yeah, um, yeah. you know. So that's just going to be one that we're going to be able to wear. Um, and then I have a Zeke one. Zeke was a great player at Ohio State. That's Fuck that's kind of cool when you can get the, the the names on a on a college jersey after they leave because it's always going to be good. Yeah, I got a Brady jersey, yeah. greatest quarterback I ever right. played at Michigan. Um, Tyler Barnhart said Marcus Peters and John Baldwin. Ah, uh, yeah, I, Baldwin okay, but Marcus Peters was good when he was but there. But he just laughed. Like, yeah, that's but he, what but he was sucks. good when he was there. He was he came in as a rookie and made the Pro Bowl, I believe. And Tyler Rowland says, Chris Brown, number 29 for the Titans. I don't know who that is. He I said, remember him. Oh, he said, I mean, no one is even going to know who that is. Uh, I quite remember frankly, they Corner, shouldn't. I believe, right? <laughs> he said, my dad refused to buy me more jerseys after that. <laughs> and William Payne said, Mike Wallace and Antonio Brown Steelers jerseys. Uh, eh, that's not too they bad. Were, they, were they were good there. They were good there. So that's always fun, man. Um, sports jerseys, I've we all have those regrets, so I thought that'd be cool to get your guys' intake on it. So uh, we like to try to, like I said, give you give you some questions, some topics, something to get you through the day if you're bored like we are, talk a little bit of sports and like reading them out to give you guys shout-outs. So uh, I think that's about all we have for you guys today. Yeah. We will be get, back Get ready in. to watch the, the schedule drop, man, and see if see if we're right. Are we going to get Browns-Bingles week one? or I want Browns-Pittsburgh, but I'll take Browns-Bingles so we can whoop your guys' punk ass right off the rip, let Miles Garrett – Sack Joe Burrow and put his ass on the ground. Give me Pittsburgh. Fuck Roethlisberger. <laughs> fuck Pittsburgh. Burrow and Zach Taylor beating them week one, getting over the little brother complex, no, we, and setting the Pittsburgh. tone for the fucking season. I want Pittsburgh. Um, and we will have full analysis of that next week and a big uh, review of the huge UFC event coming up um, this weekend. We'll try to interact with you guys um, on that, get you some good content, um, help you guys out with you know any, any questions you guys may have with that. We appreciate you guys tuning in, and we will see you next week. Locker Room Talk Uncut. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.